0: It's time to accelerate. Hey, friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 630 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record. I am honored to be joined by my guest on the show today. That is Sam Couchy. Sam is founder and CEO of One Huddle and author of Closing in the Red Zone 12 Principles to Finishing the Sale When It Counts. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about sales training. And why that whole industry is in need of disruption. And I think there's broad consensus that it needs to be disrupted, that the current big event oriented, one and done sales training model is obsolete and unsuitable for the modern sales team. So, in our conversation today, Sam and I talk about what's next in sales training and his vision of that. And he shares what they're doing at his company, One Huddle, with their game based training platform to help companies get their reps upskilled onboarded, and ready to work in a shorter period of time. And get into how this continuous training model, you know, continuous training in small bites, really leads to better outcomes than the episodic and ad hoc sales training that, that most companies do today. So make sure you stick around for that. If you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, go to andypaul.com forward slash 630. Now, I've been mentoring and training sales professionals for years, and one of the most important elements to career success, I believe, is make sure you align yourself with a company that develops its employees, values their customers, and has a portfolio of products that can compete with anyone. And that's why, if you're a top performer in your current role, and you're looking for a fresh sales challenge to take your career to the next level, then CenturyLink should be at the top of your list. With its recent acquisition of Level 3, the new CenturyLink is a world leader in many fields, including cloud, security, real-time communications, hybrid IT, and managed services. So if you want the excitement and the challenge and the rewards that come come from selling industry-leading services to the enterprise, then visit centurylink.com forward slash accelerate. That's centurylink.com forward slash accelerate and join their talent community. Once you join that community, a member of their team will reach out and connect and you'll get a chance to see if a career at CenturyLink is the right next step for you. Before I talk with Sam, let me remind you, if you haven't already signed up to receive my periodic emails, then, quite frankly, you're missing out. I save some of my best advice about sales and leadership, marketing, relationships, character for my subscribers. So, visit andypaul.com right now to subscribe. All right, let's get to it with Sam. Sam, welcome to Accelerate.
1: Thanks for having me, Andy.
0: Hey, my pleasure, my pleasure. So, Standard question. I start the show off with for most of my guests, and that question is: In your opinion, what's the single biggest challenge facing sales reps today?
1: So I think that it's a uh, it's a battle to get upskilled today uh, in in most sales roles that we haven't seen uh, seen before. Uh, companies, you know, post recession, even though we're eight nine years away from two thousand eight, companies have. Uh, are not investing like they used to when it comes to training programs. Uh, they, are, they are trying to find ways to speed up training programs uh, in order to get new hires out on the floor and selling as fast as possible. Uh, companies are continuing to invest in uh, you know, pen, paper, PowerPoints, and podiums as the way to uh, onboard and up-train a new sales rep. And I think the the biggest challenge that sales reps have because of that is the basic nature that they have to get upskilled as fast as possible, uh, not just when they get hired, but also when uh, throughout the year when new products roll out and new promotions roll out. We're constantly training and trying to upskill employees. So I think that the challenge has to do more with their own conditioning. And sales reps today understanding that more than ever, the tools in the marketplace we use to sell are changing, i.e., you know, Andy Mir, you probably would never have texted each other five years ago to close a sale, but we're doing it today. Uh, So not only is the technology changing fast, the business is changing just as fast so I think that um, you know the sellers I look for on my team are the ones that can come in and have an understanding and an appreciation for personal development, an understanding and an appreciation for constantly wanting to get better and knowing they can um, they can perform at a higher level and they have to make the investments and in the things to do that. So um, I guess if I you know as I say it out loud, it's kind of like it's their their biggest challenges themselves. <laughs> you know, it's, they well, yeah, they right. have to find a way to upskill themselves faster.
0: Right. That they have to understand that. It's really increasingly on them to do that.
1: Absolutely, and you know, not only is is that a challenge because of the basic nature that business is moving fast, and uh, as as a, as a seller, you have to be the expert to the customer. But you're now competing with other technologies that customers are using uh, to educate themselves. And you know, we work with at at One Huddle. We work with a company uh, that has a a series of car dealerships and one of their biggest challenges is that customers walk in the door and potentially know more about the vehicle than the seller does. Sure. And uh, you know, so that again, big challenge that information is more accessible than ever, customers are accessing it, customers are aware of what a sales question sounds like and we need uh, sales reps in the market that know how to respond to that.
0: Well, so okay. So we're going to dig into some of those topics, but before that, uh, tell us a little bit about your company, One Huddle, and what you do.
1: Great. So, uh, Andy, my company is One Huddle. One Huddle is a workforce training platform, uh, and we help companies get their sales reps and customer service reps upskilled and ready to work. Uh, we we do it through a game platform. So we know that the generation of workers today in the workforce understand games. They've played a heck of a lot of them. Millennials will have spent over 10,000 hours on a game platform before they hit 21. Uh, so we have this generation of workers that are more mobile than ever, uh, look at the world as a game, uh, and we're still training them using, you know, online learning modules that. You know, are, are to, to put it lightly, are not the most engaging <laughs> as a way to deliver content. So, companies hire OneHuddle to take all of their existing learning tools and their videos and their training modules, and we convert them into quick burst mobile games. And their sales reps and their service reps can play those games on their mobile device, they can play them on the go. And, you know, I always say the bottom line of training is if it doesn't get your employees onboarded and ready to work faster, then you know, um, you shouldn't be investing in it.
0: Well, I mean, it, it <laughs> that's a big topic here on on this show, at least, is talking about how how to fix the broken sales training paradigm that exists out there. So, tell us a little bit about the product. So, it's it's mobile based. I mean, the games are these. You're talking about multiple choice questions. You're competing against other people to get the right answers, or or what's that look like for the user experience?
1: Yeah. So, for users, we have two types of games. Uh, our first is our single player. Single-player games can be played on your mobile device or desktop browser. The games are quick burst. They take less than three minutes. The questions, uh, the game turns your training manuals and videos into uh, multiple choice true-false questions with images, so interactive, quick trivia-style questions Um, It randomizes the questions based off your own understanding of the material so each learner gets challenged differently. And again, quick burst so the game can be done in three minutes. And that's how most sales teams uh, deploy product knowledge faster with us because they can take that 50-page manual on the new Nissan Elantra vehicle, if you're that car dealership, and they can convert it into a 100-question game and their employees are going to be more likely to consume it. So that's our Mobile first single player game. Seventy one percent of all the participation on that game, Andy, happens outside of working hours. So on the peripheries of your day, where you have three minutes to, you know, check and check an email, or three minutes to, um, you know, log on to Instagram or Facebook, you can also get a training in, thereby making it more accessible. So Mm -hmm. that's our, that's our single player, our multiplayer game. And I know there's people on the podcast that have, that have done live role-playing before and role-play training for sales. Sure. We have a live role-play game that's meant to be done in a large group, uh, which Andy, are you familiar with like cards against humanity? Yeah, a little bit, right? So think that, but no HR violations, okay? So <laughs> we could take, so we take, say, like if it was a, a car, using the car dealership example, we would take the uh, an, a typical sales call and we convert it into a dozen or more Two to three minute role play questions, and then we break a room up into teams. The manager facilitates, and it's a high speed interactive role play game that can be done in under twenty minutes. So, for sales teams that struggle with live training, they struggle with the the long sales meeting that runs on and on and on. Uh, they can throw this up on the screen, break the room up into teams, get through it in under twenty minutes, and get back to work.
0: Interesting, interesting. So then, how often does uh, typically do your customers update their their content? So, I mean, are there new games coming out every day, or what's the level of sort of ongoing engagement?
1: Companies either deploy games on a weekly or monthly basis. So, if you are um, if if you are more um, if you have content that changes more rapidly, then you might have new games that spin up every Monday. So, new games go up, old games go down. Mm-hmm. If you are, um, you know, we have a lot of companies that that you know, for example, in the fitness space, when they have monthly promotions, they roll out a game for the month that is all of their product knowledge and talking points for the course of the whole month. The, the, I think the coolest thing about the platform is that my experience as a sales manager was one where training was important, but sometimes it wasn't always urgent because I had four other things I had to do at any moment, and training always became the fifth. And what we wanted to do when we built the platform was Take advantage of the time that employees have, sales reps have to do training in the peripheries when the manager isn't standing in front of them. And then also give the manager a platform to coach from. So if I'm the manager on our platform, I can log in and I can see who's playing, who's not. I can edit, change, and modify games as easily as editing an Excel sheet versus You know, I know how. You know, for anybody that experienced working with a learning management system, it's kind of like putting putting together. Some of them are kind of like putting together a filing cabinet from IKEA. Mm You know, they're not the not the easiest. There are some that are good ones out there, but I think we would all agree that building an educational module takes a lot more time and consideration. We we don't we don't replace that learning module head on. We just try to make it more uh, easy easier to consume and more accessible.
0: And so, in terms of people getting their content onto it, just our sort of last question about your your platform is getting the, the content onto it. Is you said okay, you've got a sixty minute video training video, and you're going to reduce that to, to the game. Uh, you have a team that sits and watches it and then pulls out the key points, or how's that how's that work?
1: So, for every new client, we convert all of their existing training material into games at launch. Mm-hmm. And then once the client goes live, which is generally within 15 to 30 days, the client can manage all of their future game design internally. Got it. Uh, so we've again we've we've built this with the mindset that most first-time sales managers are, and you know I, I'll I'll kind of you know categorize this you know in in a certain way. The most first-time sales managers are. 24 to 26, their first time managers, they were the best seller, not the best manager. Now they're responsible for other people. Uh, that person should not be intimidated or um, uh, feel underskilled at building training content. It shouldn't take them a lot of time. So that manager, our platform is built with the mindset that a manager without a degree in educational design can log on to our platform build a game, push it to other people in minutes. So they can, to your question, they can edit every question in real time. Uh, and the interface is meant to be something that I, again, I equated like a, uh, uh you know, a programmed Excel sheet versus a, um, you know, versus you have to build the video, build the course, build the PowerPoint, build the quiz right. and spin that up. Got it.
0: So, Sort of taking off from that, and some of the comments you'd made before, is that uh, we both had made is is uh, you'd published an e-book about incentives and rewarding the the workforce, and there's some interesting things in there. I thought that worth going over is is one you sort of start with this premise that that the modern workforce is bored, um, and I thought that's interesting as as and we hear that, but do we think it's really different than it was before? I mean, do we think more people are are bored at work than they they were before?
1: I don't think there's I don't think there's any I don't think there's a, a higher percentage of the workforce that is bored versus previous generations. I just think that we're we're living in a time where um, a lack of engagement and, and this happens generationally. It happened in you know with generation. Uh, with, with the later edge of gen- Generation X, it, you're, you're post-recession. You have a tremendous amount of college loans. You go to work every day. The the passion word and the I have to love what I do is, is is something you constantly think about. And I think employees that don't feel appreciated in the workplace, for whichever reason, are you know keeping their heads on a swivel and looking other places. Uh, I think it's always been a reality that you know a percent of a worker's day is spent at work not doing work i think that's always been the case <laughs> uh, i just think that well there's more uh, things uh, not to do it with today yeah you have more technology at your fingertips right. and companies have to be like i, I read a stat, i read a, a stat the other day in an art article talking about the holiday uh, the the reta- retail stores having to hire up for the holiday season and it said that most retail sales managers say that they know within 1 minute of interviewing a new retail sales rep, whether they're going to hire them or not. I mean, the fact that that is being said uh, shows that there are there are major disconnects today in the type of, employee, you know, the skill of either managers trying to bring employees in the workforce or the challenges that they face. Again, I think that to, to say that there's any more people in the workforce that are not um, that are not engaged any more than others. no, but yeah, you know what there's a heck of a lot more stuff that's happening and that's at play that companies have to be aware of in order to make the workplace um, more engaging, more inviting and more um, competitive for their employees.
0: yeah, I, I think you had you had talked about uh, in there that the sort of the cost of this lack of engagement and lack of recognition, uh, again, especially targeting sort of the younger younger generations which i I find, is you know this is what's oftentimes cited most often for churn, and it it is kind of interesting that that um, you know this generation feels sort of this lack of recognition. Yet this was the generation that we as parents pioneered the uh, the participation trophies, right? That that everybody gets recognized for everything. So I wonder if if the issue is you know they come to the workforce trained to be recognized for everything, and there's just this huge disconnect with other generations that just say, well. Yeah, we we don't feel like we need to
1: acknowledge some of these small things that you might want. I mean the point the point of recognition is, uh, you know, it's one of those things that we we can people can. I talk to companies who argue about it and whether you know what stance they should have on it. I think you know the reality is. It, if you want to get the best out of your employees, if you want to get the best out of your sellers, Pete Carroll, the football coach of the Seahawks, had a great quote. He said one day, he said, I spend 99% of my day sitting in my office, looking out the window, thinking, how can I get uh, my each, rem- each member of my team to perform just 1% better today? And I think that is the type of mindset we need from sales leadership is that, you know what, we have awareness that we have a different workforce, we have different expectations and different experiences, but it's still our responsibility to adapt and, as great coaches, find ways to get the best out of our players every day. And if we think that way, then you know what, we'll, we'll invest in, we might invest in different technologies that create a more fun and competitive workplace, might invest in events and reward structures that uh, recognize and incentivize the right type of participation, um, but uh, you know, I think that again we have to look at this. The challenge we have today is, you know, automation and robotics and all these other things are coming down the pipe. Now is not the time to uh, point fingers at each other in the workforce. Now is the time to find a way to continue to power each other.
0: Exactly, exactly. Well, the thing that I thought was really, I, I liked that quote you had that in in your ebook from Pete Carroll because I maybe I took something slightly different away from it, which was that. That one of the things that that seems to get lost, and again, this is sort of encouraged somewhat by you know social media and so on, is is there's this huge emphasis on sort of you know the the quote unquote the hack, right? The this you do this and you're gonna you know 10x what you're doing today. And and to me, the thing that, that you quoted with Pete Pete uh, Carroll was that look, really the focus is how do we get 1% better today? Because if I can if I can focus you on one percent better today. And we can do that day after day after day after day. Wow, we're gonna we're gonna hit that 10X at some point, but you know, we're gonna do it this in a very you know achievable and realistic way. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the things that I seem and I see in the workforces. There's this sort of, yeah, people are coming in, and you alluded to it earlier, as you know, people come in at the the lower rung and then you know, they wanna go two rungs above the next, as opposed to saying, look, let's how do we get better every day and we'll get to those two rungs but it may not be in one big jump
1: absolutely and i think that you know the other the other reality is the worst button on a game console so whether it was an an atari a nintendo a playstation uh, or even you know even angry birds on your phone uh, if you're playing on your phone the worst the the worst button that we've created a a reliance on is the restart button so mm-hmm. We have again. We have we have people in the workforce who have grown accustomed to if the performance isn't the way they want it to be, they can just restart the game. Like I just restart. I can I can go back to the beginning and just begin again. And you can't always do that at work. <laughs> you can't always do that with a customer. There is not always a restart button where there's no consequences. So um, you know, to your point on conditioning, and you know, we do. Yeah, you know, we have we've created a a world where you know, if we don't like the outcome it's there's there's no trade off to restarting and um, we have to be aware of that uh, when we're when we're hiring when we're training and when we're trying to develop uh, the sellers around us
0: yeah well i and i agree 100% i think that one of the parts of the mindset that that has to be developed is that and you talk about this in the the ebook as well about how younger generations, consider more of them across the board, consider themselves competitive. You know, they're, they have, you know, they're hugely ambitious, hardworking, um, but they've sort of been led to believe that, that there's easy and quick fixes for thing. And that's why I love the Pete Carroll thing. It's like, yeah, the difference between two of you sitting in the room and we're going to decide which one to get promoted versus the other is that difference is going to be 1%, right? I mean, yeah. no, it's, it's going to be 1%. So you just got focused focus on being 1% better. And If you can do that every day, then you're going to succeed in ways that that uh, you maybe never anticipated. Absolutely. So I wanted to dive into in the time we have left to talk about the rest of the ebook, which I thought was was very interesting because it is something that's really overlooked. Is and it's one of the real disconnects between uh, generations in the workforce. Is and other authors have written about this is that. You know, baby boomers were brought on board, and they just you know slog away, and they didn't expect anything other than an occasional pat on the back from a boss, and they didn't get rewards for all these things. And so when they get you know, younger generations in the workforce, they don't pay attention to this idea of recognizing and rewarding them for the work they're doing, and it's really important just for reasons that, that we've talked about. So I, I want to go through some of the ideas you had, because I want people to be thinking about this, because I think this is really an important topic, is that we don't do enough recognizing any you know, of the little stuff and so you had some various categories uh, of those. The first category I thought was a little more traditional. Uh, but one thought, <laughs> one the thing that you had in there was, you know, for somebody that's done a great job, you have employee of the week, or somebody gets the best parking spot in the for a week. And I sort of thinking about that, and saying, "Gosh, yeah, that that seems sort of old fashioned." By the other hand, it, it probably still works.
1: We know that. We know that. Um employees are competitive if we're talking about sales employees we, you know it, you could make it an absolute that competition when it's done the right way uh, creates more engagement and rewards to me are one of the things that when when I was building my company I went around and we were working with several organizations, we found that I always took for granted that companies knew how to do rewards well. And I found out when you lifted up the hood, companies really struggle with rewards. They struggle with launching a contest in a competition and then following the contest or competition through. I mean, I'm probably owed you know, a couple You know, 20 or 30 Amex gift cards from past sales teams (laughs) I've worked for that I never got the gift card. Right. You know, Uh, so, you know, I think that what that got my wheel spinning on the ebook you're referencing is there's a lot of different ways to reward an employee. It doesn't have to just be cash. So the things you mentioned whether it's dinner with the boss or it's somebody that gets to be, um, you know, an assistant for the week or somebody who gets to, you know, have some type of experience. Uh, those are really cool activities that probably don't cost your company that much. And then, and then there's a whole other group of activities that definitely cost your company nothing. We work with, and you know, we work with about a dozen sports teams. Madison Square Garden is a client. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're sitting on a room full of memorabilia and 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 you know autographs and shirts and gear and swag that again doesn't cost them anything to give a, a security guard that was a standout. Uh, you know, one of these items that they will then um, has a value beyond just the item because they earned it as part of a contest or a competition. So I think if we're just more thoughtful and we approach rewards from a perspective that we are, um, I think it's also important that we're not rewarding any action. So kind of some of the things you're talking about, uh, it, there's it's a slippery slope if you're just giving people rewards and recognition and there's there isn't an achievement behind it it actually would condition your employees in the wrong direction uh, but, exactly. you know, re- but rewards don't have to be cash rewards can be items they can be swag they can be events they can be experiences and then uh, for me personally what i've realized is you know as even at one huddle as we've created a culture of rewards we do weekly contests and tie rewards to them it costs, you know, it costs us, it, it, it really, it, it definitely costs us nothing because the, the, the,
0: what are the rewards the, you give
1: out? So we'll do, um, you know, we did, we do like, a, 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 we do dinners, we do, um, we do events, we do experiences. We'll do, uh, one of the things I did last month is the top player got to come with me on a trip. So, you know, when we had an on-site to a client, they got to come to us to a client on-site. Now, you might say, that's crazy. Why you know, it, It's kind of tied to work. But, you know, that's something that this particular employee who hadn't got to do a client on-site yet wanted to sure. do and got to do. So, uh, you know, we've done, I've done my, you know, my desk for the week. We've done, um, you know, and again, meaning, like I said. somebody sits at your desk for the week? They get my desk for the week, you know. So, It It costs us again. It costs us nothing. It has to be thoughtful. It has to tie to your culture, which is another thing. Because then you get people competing, um, competing with each other on, uh, you know, like I said, for people to compete with each other on who's going to get, you know, who's going to get gear, who's going to go out to dinner as part of our our team event. Like, that's meaningful.
0: Yeah, well, I think you bring up an interesting point in the in the ebook, which is that especially for younger generations, again, millennials and so on, is they value things that are experiential-based more so than cash, right? Because I think the lazy way, and you talked about being thoughtful, which is absolutely important, is the lazy way is, yeah, I'll just, you know, I'll spiff you a hundred bucks. Um, but the thoughtful way is, yeah, as you said, you know, you took somebody on a trip or uh, you give examples in the book like, uh yeah. You know, provide backstage passes for a, you know, a performance by their favorite band um, or you know an extreme adventure day or something like that, which, yeah, it's something that's much more memorable and uh, something that'll tie much more to their feelings about the company than, yeah, a hundred bucks spiff.
1: And I think if they just sit around, Andy, and, and sit in your desk, wherever you are, and look, do 360 degrees You're going to find a dozen different things that you can use as a reward. Uh, One of the sports teams we worked with, uh, the reward for the top player on our platform for the month was a high five from one of their star players. And the star player came into their Monday morning sales meeting, walked in before practice, high five the sales rep, walked out and left. And it was huge. It was again. It cost them nothing to do that. But you know what they did? They looked around and said, "Our office is attached to the practice facility. How hard would it be for me to ask, you know, uh, one of these guys to come in and high five one of our reps?" So you know, thoughtful matters. But I think sometimes we default to think cash is what the only thing that motivates. And um, today, more than ever, uh, you know, employees are looking for recognition and to be and to understand where they rank. Use another game term. They want to know where they're ranked, and competitions are a great way to do that.
0: Well, right, and then to what we talked about before is this whole idea of upskilling. Is some of the rewards are things that are personal development oriented or professional development oriented. So you know, send people to a conference that they want to go to or you think they'd benefit from, or go to a day long workshop locally that has an exciting speaker or something they can learn from. Is you know, it's okay to make it work related. If it's something that's enhancing and upskilling themselves, absolutely, and that yeah, that has a lot of value. People tend not to, you know, given sort of the paucity of of training that oftentimes takes place or doesn't take place at at companies. Um, yeah, investing in something like that doesn't cost much. Yeah, you you get it back, get it back quickly, and and I think important thing to sort of, even though I know you had some in there, but I know again, sort of the lazy thing is you know people give out company T shirts and company hats and so on and. Again, you have to display more thoughtfulness than that.
1: Totally agree. You could take you could take that shirt or that hat or that free item and build it up and make it something people fight over <laughs> if you if you're thoughtful about it and you think about it consistently.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Well. Good. Well, Sam, we're we're sort of running down on time here. So um, tell folks how they can find out more about One Huddle and connect with you.
1: Great. So if you want to learn more about One Huddle and our, our game platform for for training. You can find us online at uh, www.onehuddle. That's the number one huddle.co. Uh, and you can also connect with us uh, on, on Twitter as well at, uh, at underscore one huddle. Um, and we are um, always here for companies that are looking to share and, and, and learn more about how we can upskill to tomorrow's workforce.
0: Excellent. Well, we definitely need it. And the paradigm has to change from what we're doing today. And Yeah, I encourage people to check it out. So, Sam, thanks again for joining me. Thank you, Andy. And friends, thank you for spending this time with me today. Make sure you come back join me again for the next great episode of Accelerate. Until then, if you get a chance, go to iTunes, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already, or leave us a review. We'd love to hear what we can do to make this a more valuable experience for you. So, until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.